When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back to 1874. It's time for a match preview show as Villa take on Nottingham Forest at Villa Park, Saturday, 3 o'clock. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by the effervescent David Reid. Looking fresh with a new microphone as well, Dave, after last week. How are you? Yeah, fine. I've had a new haircut as well. Needed my haircut, so that's happened this week. Yeah, I mean, I get mine done every week. I'm like, I'm like Micah Richard. So yeah, fresh hair every week for for me. So yeah, no no complaints there. Big game, always a big game nowadays for for Villa, isn't it? You feel like when you're in this kind of race, a bit like the back end of last season when we were pushing to try and get into Europe. Every game feels like it's must win, but it's a good opportunity to play Nottingham Forest at, at home and get three points like we did last season. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um... You know, the, the, as much as you go into these games thinking, oh, you know, we, we have to win this game, I do think there'll be twists and turns before yeah. the end of the season. I was looking at Tottenham's fixture list. They've got, a you know, a fairly, you know, when you look at their fixtures, you think, oh, they could drop points here, they could drop points there. You know, it's I don't think we're quite at the stage yet where it's must win. I just think there's going to be enough happening between now and the end of the season. Um, but when you see it on paper, Aston Villa at home against Nottingham Forest, then, yeah, absolutely, you go into this almost expecting Villa to get three points. You're right about the twist and turns, because when you lose, some people think it's, it's the end of the world. I never do. I tend to not get massively high when Villa win. I mean, sound like a footballer. I tend not to get massively high when Villa win. I tend not to get two down when they lose. Because if you just look at Tottenham's last few games, you know, they drew with Everton 1-1, one, one, I think I think it was, and Everton scored a late goal and we were all buoyant. The week after, they scored late and won, won a game 2-1. I forget who it was against. And then last week, they lost to Wolves at home, you know. So even though Villa might lose games sometimes, it's clear that Tottenham are going to lose games too. Of course, we've got Manchester United creeping up on us as as well at the moment. They seem to be winning every week, but that's not sustainable. That's not going to continue. I still believe that Villa have the better team out of those three teams, and that's dictated but by the league position. So you're right; there will be tw- twists and turns, and it's important not to get too carried away when you win, and also not to get too down when you lose because we're in a fantastic position. We're fourth. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I would be flabbergasted if Manchester United made the top four because they have not shown one ounce of consistency for about a year now. And yes, they're kind of on this winning run of games, but having watched their their games, you know, it's chaos football at the moment for Manchester United. They like it when the game is end-to-end and a basketball and against different sides, they are going to end up conceding. I mean, yeah, they probably should have beaten Luton four five one, but it could easily. I thought have Luton, been... Luton had more possession. I think Luton had possibly had more shots. When I look at the stats after a Manchester United game, I always think that's not Manchester United. It's not the Manchester United yeah, of old, certainly. I think yeah. we're a better team than them still. Oh, we are one hundred percent. We are absolutely. I mean, if you go through the team player for player, I think we've got a good shout of being a better side from them. But even when you look at just overall, uh, you know 
some of the parts, the 11 versus 11, we are, well, Villa are so much more consistent and getting results on a more regular basis than Manchester United and actually playing in a way that lends itself to being sustainable at the top end of the division. I, I just think Manchester United at the moment are not playing in a way that's going to sustain them in a top four challenge and enable them to get results every week to try and challenge top four, even maybe even in a, in a title race down the line. I just don't see what they're doing at the moment as being the right uh, as being the right way to do that. So I think Villa by far ahead of Manchester United in that sense. I think Tottenham are slightly different. I think they, you know, they, they are gettable. I, I feel like there are areas where Tottenham are vulnerable, and mm. I think they've almost shown that in recent weeks. Um, but then again, so are Villa, and that's why I think there'll be there'll be uh, twists and turns between Villa and Tottenham for that fourth. And you know, I was asked yesterday. Uh, I was doing something with with, uh, with Chad on a Villa Forever podcast, and he said, you know. If Villa can go on a run like they did at the end of last season, towards the end of this season, you know, we won't be talking about top four. We'll still be talking about a potential title challenge. So I think that's the way you've got to look at it. If we can piece together that run from now to the end of the season, we're still involved in that conversation, I feel. Yeah, and I think across the last few games that we've had, it has felt a little bit more like like the Villa that we saw in the first half of the season. Manchester United, even though we lost, I thought we played really, really well. Fulham last week was a, was a real key game. I thought that was kind of back to the Villa away from home of, of last season under Emery when we went on that 10-game un, unbeaten run, I think it was, in the Premier League. And that's the important thing now. We need to go back to those things that, that made us a good side, maybe being a little bit more compact and, and tighter away from home. But a big, big thing for us now, because we have stumbled at home recently, is getting back to that to churning out results at home. Not at ease, but that was how it felt at, at times. We just kept churning out results, churning out results. And it was around this time last year, we did embark on winning home games in a row. We've got to try and do that again. And if we do do that, we will finish fourth. Yeah, it was almost the perfect away performance, I thought, against Fulham, at least for the first hour. You know, you, you looked at the game and you, you were watching and you thought, that's pretty comfortable. We haven't really been in too much trouble. And then, yes, they get, get their goal probably through our own error at that point but it was a different kind of performance in the last half an hour it was one where you had to dig in I thought John McGinn was excellent in that final half an hour against uh, against Fulham but in some senses the first hour was the perfect away performance control the game control possession you know quieten the crowd not let them get involved in the in the football match and it was just played on our terms the game up until then and at home you know obviously results at home haven't been that favourable over over recent weeks. But I think the key thing for Villa tomorrow is, can they get the first goal? And even if Villa don't get the first goal, I think, you know, there's got to be a realisation that at some point, you know, Villa might well go behind at home again. So it's up to the atmosphere then to really try and help the players and the fans to help the players. Because, you know, when Villa have gone 2-3 down, thinking about the games against Newcastle and against Chelsea, you know, there has been a sense that the players have been a little bit frustrated that... You know, the crowd yeah, haven't definitely. encouraging as they could be, given what the players have given the the, the team and the, and the fans over the last year. They've been so amazing. that I think from their point of view, when they were 2-3 two, two, down, they want absolute encouragement rather than perhaps a little bit of criticism. Yeah, and they deserve that as well for what they've done over the over the last 12 months or so under Unai Emery. You're right, the first goal always feels massive in Villa games at the moment. But I was encouraged by the defence last week not only just the you know the way they're defending but having Pau Torres back and the way that they're built from the back and I liked it from Emery as as well that he kind of made a subtle change that, that made us better it doesn't come natural for Cash to tuck in and he was still given license to go forward at times but in possession whilst we were building it from the back and we were kind of in our own 
first third is that even a, a phrase but first third we did make that back three with long leg coming across and shifting into the middle and Pau torres being on the outside of that and cash on the other side and it did look really really good and we did build it from the back really effectively and i do need to apologize for the rogue boy munich shirt that's on, on display and now lee's put me full screen <laughs> that's not a hint as to what might happen in the summer is it no i hope not <laughs> uh yeah i mean i thought i posted after the game on on x saying that the whole defensive unit i thought were outstanding against fulham particularly again in that in that last half an hour um matty cash has done obviously done that before but it's not been something that he's really done this season he's preferred to play mm. um concert there or when you know matty cash has played right back there hasn't been a bailey in front of him um, but now Bailey's almost undroppable, then Cash kind of either has to sit in or not play. It's almost down to the form of Leon Bailey that we're not able to see or Cash isn't able to display his best attributes and his best attributes are probably bombing on getting up and down and and overlapping or underlapping and getting crosses in. It's because Bailey's been so good that he almost, Matty Cash has to suffer in that respect. So he either has to tuck in and play as a third centre-back or he doesn't play at all and Conser plays there. Um, but he has obviously done that role before, and I thought he was excellent at it on on uh, on Saturday, last Saturday, wasn't it, against Fulham? Yeah. So, yeah, and obviously, Pau Torres back, absolutely outstanding, and you know his ball playing ability just showed how much that we we kind of missed him over the the last two months since he's been out. So, yeah, I thought, and, and Longley as well. You got to give a shout out to. I, I thought, thought he was really good in, in the middle. Yeah, solid, and, and particularly given it's an unfamiliar position playing as the right sided centre back. Um, you know, I thought we we almost, you know, tailored our game so he wasn't getting caught in that first phase on his right foot. You know, Pau Torre's ability, he's so good that he's able to take on the burden. You just wonder if that becomes a consistent thing whether player whether opposition teams will come up with a plan to to try and force the ball to Longley rather than, you know, it going almost every single time to Pau Torres. But I guess the the way that you get around that for Villa is when Longley takes the goal kicks and Emi Martinez just kind of trickles the ball out of his penalty area and waits and waits and waits. And then the ball goes out to Pal Torres to try and negate whatever kind of man-for-man press the opposition play. So, yeah, Pal Torres was outstanding. But I thought the whole defensive unit was great too. Yeah, what I liked about it, I think it was maybe possibly the... Was it the Man U game? No, it can't have been because we played well in that game. It must have been the Chelsea Cup game. It felt like Louise was too close to the defenders when we were building it from the back and it almost became a little bit too congested when we were trying to play out from the back and we couldn't break Chelsea Chelsea's press really because of that. What I liked about last week was having Pau Torres just let someone like Douglas Louise and John McGinn in the middle of the park push higher up, which means Tillemans can push higher up playing as the, as the support striker. And, you know, that second goal came from Tillemans being higher up the pitch than he than he would have been in that Chelsea game if, if he'd have played and played that lovely through ball to, to Watkins. You made a, a great shout last week. You you said McGinn would play as the, as the six. I wasn't sure. I thought Tillemans might get one game there to see how we go, but it was McGinn who, who played as the six and Tillemans played further forward. I think Tillemans is really crucial in, in these type of games and I think he'll be crucial again on Saturday. He does give the ball away and he did give the ball away in, against Fulham as well, but when he gets it right, he can unlock a defence in a different way than any of our other players, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's almost the... Um, it's almost the. I mean, I'm not going to try and compare Tielemans to a Kevin De Bruyne or a, or a Bruno Fernandes, but their jobs in their respective teams is to play killer passes. So you might look at Kevin De Bruyne's 
pass completion and it might be down at say 70% whereas the Manchester City team as a whole is up at 90 95% but his job isn't to pass it sideways 10 yards his his job isn't to make an easy pass out wide and spread the play his job is to pierce the defense with killer through ball so i think you have to kind of say okay Tillemans gives the ball away but when he's in that space between the lines it's not his job to to pass it five, ten yards either side of him. His job is to find Ollie Watkins when he gets the ball between the lines. So you have to have that in mind as well when it comes to that that position and that second striker. You know, the job is not necessarily to play easy balls there. Yeah, same 11 this weekend against Forest, do you think? I suspect so, unless the injury situation has improved, which I, I, I don't think it no. really it has. Pressy, so, it has a... No, so I suspect it will be the same... Same eleven and and go again. Um, the, the team, as we said last week, the team almost picks itself. It's just how you fit the fit the the players into it. Yeah, great having Jacob Ramsey back. I think he's getting more more like himself. And when he plays, he's a different kind of option in that position to to what Villa have because he can drive with the ball so well in the way he links up with Moreno uh, as well. It'd be good to get those two working in tandem again and getting back to the best that you know the kind of form that they showed at this stage last season because that left-hand side was a huge reason why Villa went on the run that they went on and we haven't really had them both fit at the same time all season until now so that could be a really crucial factor as we've lost other players having those two back I guess Luca Dean could play this game and come back in you know he was really really good before he got injured but I do think like you just said it will be the same 11 this weekend that's maybe the only selection piece that's up for debate who who plays at left back but I do think it will be the same let's talk about Forrest then bit up and down under Nuno started well when he came in bagged a win last time out I believe if my if my memory serves me correctly a big win for, for Nottingham Forest I don't think They'll go down. I think they're a different type of team under Nuno than they were under, under under Steve Cooper. Perhaps not as easy on the eye, but maybe a little bit more resilient and a little bit more effective. Make the most when they do go forward, even if they don't go forward as much. Yeah, I think they've been a little bit more potent in front of goal, Nottingham Forest, since um, Steve Cooper has left. And I think they've benefited probably from having Tyro Awani fit for most of, or certainly the last few weeks of... Nuno's time. I think there's question marks over his fitness for the for the game tomorrow. So that'll be key for them. They have, I mean, their front four is pace. Their front yep. four is really threatening. When you see Alanga, Gibbs White, Callum Hudson Odoi, who's been excellent in recent weeks, and then Awani. Um, you know, that's a really strong front four, and that should not be underestimated. They can kill you on the counter attack if they get the time and the space to. So I think Villa have to be absolutely wary of that. Um, this weekend. They've got talent as well. They've got talent across the pitch. Um, I really like Murillo, the centre-back. I think he's excellent. We picked him out earlier in the season when we played Nottingham Forest away from home as a player to watch. And I think he's got even better since then. I think he probably benefited from having Felipe alongside him last week against yeah. West Ham. Um, his experience. So, you know, I suspect that the, the major question marks will be over whether Nuno thinks their midfield was slightly too attacking. Last weekend with Danilo in there, with Dominguez in there, whether he decides to bring back someone like Sangare, who's been away at AFCON, he's now back and available. Ola Ain is back and available, but I can't really see him making any any changes um, kind of on, on the on the wings or even at fullback. Um, and then Willy Bolly is the only other one that's coming back from AFCON. So whether Felipe is going to be fit enough, I, I don't think he trains an awful lot. I think he's kind of goes day to day with his knees, etc. Um 
and whether he, he decides that Willy Bolly is a better fit to play to play Villa or not. Whether he thinks that Bolly will be able to track the runs of Ollie Watkins a little bit better, we'll have to see. But Felipe, I thought, was really good um, mm. last week against West Ham. That was a key victory for Forrest. Yeah, I mean, I know how he feels going down today with the knees. I'm going down today with the knees <laughs> and the and the back at the moment, getting the gym regime up and going. Honestly, <laughs> my knees early. I now Paul McGrath must have felt every every week in the training ground, just going on the bike because I was doing stuff early and my knees were absolutely killing me. We'll pick this conversation about Forest up again, but before we do, let's hear a little bit about our sponsors, NordVPN. If you guys are getting fed up with missing live football, then our new show sponsor, NordVPN, might be able to help you out. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile, and smart TV. If you want to watch, let's say, some U.S. content, it allows you to appear like you're in that country. And while you're connected, no one can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. The service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty dab handy. A part of NordVPN supporting 1874, the Aston Villa channel, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free, which also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to www. 1874.io forward slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details will also be in the description. And as always, we are truly grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight. But if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help us to keep the channel running. From the NordVPN advert without even knowing. A bit of AI. Adam's been busy in the last few weeks, hasn't he? Where's that come from? <laughs> I was thinking, what's going on here? Who's that? Sounded a bit like Jack Grimes. Sounded a bit like Jack Grimes on Twitter, I thought. <laughs> Where's that come from? <laughs> not seen that. Not seen no, it. No, ridic- absolutely ridiculous. Well, Adam, I haven't heard from him all week, but he's obviously obviously been been doing something. And you know, he's going. He's actually having my season ticket tomorrow because I can't I can't make the game because because I'm away. I've actually transferred my season ticket seats over to Adam and his young lad. So they'll be getting their well, Adam's young lad Teddy will be getting his first experience in the whole tent, which which will be nice. Forest have changed goalkeeper recently, Dave. I think they needed to. Turner just. He, he did a really good interview, actually, Turner. I think it was with ESPN where he was saying, like, everything that could have gone wrong this season has gone wrong. Sometimes you can make a mistake and not get punished. Every time I've made a mistake, I've been punished. I remember Sales at Newcastle, but don't remember much about him. He's a, he's a Belgian international, but maybe we'll bring a little bit more stability than Forrest have had in that goalkeeping position this season because they went from, from Navas and Henderson to really good goalkeepers, I think, to... Turner and Vladimikos is his name. I yeah, Vlakodimos. Yeah, Vlakodim- yeah they, they've gone from them two to them two, and it did feel like a, a step down. Sales is maybe somewhere in the middle of those. Yeah, I'd probably say so. I think it, I think from what I've gathered so far, he's been okay. I haven't seen every Forest game. Sometimes that he's played, that's but... what you want, isn't it, from a goalkeeper? Yeah, Just like Jed, yeah, yeah, when yeah, Jed yeah. Steer came in for Villa, nothing fancy. Just be seven out of ten, eight out of ten at everything. That, that's what you well, want. Well, just want. just just save the ball is a start, oh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it always helps. <laughs> I think you know Forrester. I mean, it just shows how how poor Forrester recruited that they've got in two goalkeepers, and then they needed to get another goalkeeper in January. I, you know, goodness knows how they've got themselves into that situation. But yeah, I think Sales has been okay from what I've from what I've seen so far. Nothing kind of outrageous. Um, be interesting test for him. At the weekend, see if we can get some uh, get some challenges in on him or balls around him. Um, yeah, I mean, 
yeah, Forest goalkeeping situation has been an ongoing storyline for most of the year. Five senior goalkeepers it? on the books. Yeah, I believe it's five, that's, which is that's unbelievable. That's mad. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we talk about every game being big for Villa as well, but Forest don't know if they're going to be sanctioned for breaching the the PSR regulation. You know, they could be. You know, every point's vital to them at the moment as well, isn't it? Because they could get hit with a a minus ten or a minus six at any point, and then they really would be in trouble. Yeah, so I think the the hearing for that will probably end up being uh, April. So it's got to be three months from, uh, or sorry, that the conclusion has to be April. So they'll need to know either way as to what happens. Uh, charge, hearing, appeal, all has to be done in kind of three months. So it'll be towards the end of the season that there'll be a final conclusion on that. Um, and you're right, every point counts at, at this at this moment in time for Nottingham Forest and it's whether you know it's what I feel I have a lot of sympathy for the supporters because yeah they won't know exactly what every point means until they get the letter through the door at the club in terms of how that how that will unfold so I do have a lot of sympathy for Forest supporters at the moment the way that you know we don't need to go into the whole mitigating circumstances that Forrest will use around Brennan Johnson. And mm. if they'd have sold him earlier in the window, they'd have met the threshold for, for PSR. They sold him later, but for more money. So it, it, from, from their point of view, you know, every point counts and they'll be trying to get as many points as they can on the board. That'll be the message from Nuno Espirito Santo anyway. He's got to get his players firing. Yeah, I, I really feel for the, I feel a bit for the players in this situation. Definitely, definitely feel for the fans, but players psychologically... You kind of it's something that's not in your control, and you you want to know where you're at. I get that you go out, you know, to, to do your best in every game and take a point or win or or, or whatever the game plan might might be on a, on a game to game basis. But it must play in the back of your mind that there's something going on here that's completely out of your control, and it must affect your performance. I, I find it very difficult to believe that that doesn't affect players when they're on the pitch, knowing that how crucial it could be. Every point, you know, counts anyway, like like you say, but. You know, knowing that you could get hit with the deduction at any any time, that must play on your mind when you when when you're involved in a football match. It has to. Yeah, I mean, well, it, I guess if you liken it to well, our Forest battling against relegation every single game, and they know they have to get points to move away from the bottom three, or our Forest trying to battle to finish seventh or sixth for a European place, or are they trying to battle to try and finish mid table? So if they get six points or whatever it is taken off them. They're still able to stay in the division. You know, both of all of those things, all of those incentives has an effect on the way your team sets up and the way the manager sets up to win a game. Does he, you know, if you're down the bottom and you know you need a point, does he, do you set up to get a point? If you know you're battling for seventh or eighth and you need three points, do you set up to go and win every single game? And that's the dilemma that the manager has now because he, he doesn't know exactly how to set his team up game to game because the table could well be a false reading. Yeah. I guess, like, if you know where you are, Forrest could be drawing 1-1, for example, with us at the weekend and think that'd be a good good point. But essentially, how you feel in that game at, at the time with the points that you've got now, that might not be the case moving forward and then it might turn out to be a bad point and you should have pushed to win. That That's kind of the, the thing I, I, I'm getting at. I think it's difficult as a player and difficult as a manager to, to, to manage that. And I'm... 
I feel sorry for the Everton fans and I feel sorry for the Nottingham Forest fans and, and the players as well because I just think it has to has to impact you on a, on, on a game-to-game basis. Just, just finally on Forest and b- b- before we wrap up, Phil Villa are quite unfortunate because Awanyi has been, been injured for most of the season but he was there at the city ground and they were, you know, he was really good that day. He enabled them to play and he was a big reason why they beat Villa and of course it looks like he'll play this weekend as well. You know, with all the injuries he's had, Villa will probably end up being one of the only teams that's actually faced him twice. <laughs> yeah, uh, he got taken off last week, so you know you never know what's going on with him. So managed minutes, could have I just, would imagine. Yeah, minutes being managed, or whether there's something else going on there. But yeah, if if he um, because if he doesn't play, Chris Wood's injured, so the next one is going to be Divock Origi probably leading lead the line for yeah. for Forest. So you know when you look at Awani and, and Origi, they're two different different kinds of players completely. But I really rate Awani. I think he's great. I think yeah, you know good. he's a real focal point for Nottingham Forest up front. But I think he's. His touch is good, you know. He's um, he's able to hold up the ball, and he's a pretty decent finisher as well. So, you know, Forrest have got a very good player on their hands there. So, if he does play, it's going to be a handful for our back four. But if he doesn't, then that's probably a little bit of a bonus. Yeah, amongst the supermarket sweep, they have picked up some some, some really good players. I want yeah, I think Morgan Gibbs White is a is a really really good footballer. I really like him. Alanga has been electric this season at, at times as well. You know, really gone there and and proved himself. So I think Forest have picked up some some good players. They've just quite simply done way too much and done some really unnecessary business at times that's cost them and that ultimately could cost them points as well but I hope it doesn't because I like Forest they're a good club I, I spent some time there last season doing work for Sky and you know they're a really really friendly club really really loved going there so yeah Villa could take note of that a little bit I think so right let's go enough of that any, anyway uh, right that's it no score predictions because we don't do those things anymore but we will be back on Monday with a podcast of some form and then maybe introducing a new show in the week that I haven't ran past Adam at all and then I can't even remember who we've got next weekend I have the weekend after will we do, be doing a preview I Luton. can't remember Luton Luton, Luton away that's the one live mm. on Sky Sports I believe it is so yeah we'll be doing a preview for that as well but if you subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on then you'll know exactly when the new content is coming let's aim for around 400 likes on this video see how we go with that comment below if you agree with what Dave and I have discussed as well and if you're listening to this via audio please subscribe and do all those good things as well because it really helps the channel appear in places it wouldn't normally appear right then enjoy those that are going to Villa Park tomorrow as I've said I will not be there last time I didn't go we didn't win either which is a you know could be a could be a bad omen Dave Reid's about to go out on a Sky Sports News transfer show afternoon and evening out as well Dave which so I, I should be there but I'm obviously not because I'm going away but I hope you we'll have you, a Dan. wonderful we'll time be, care, be careful look after yourself there's some you know, I'm there's always some bad, there's some bad influences going on that <laughs> go, going on that session I would I would, with me not there to look after you I would worry about I don't know who you're referring to there. Yeah, that could be any number of people. There's, very, <laughs> there's certainly very few good influences going on that afternoon. I hope you have a hope you have a, a great time, and I'm sure I'll annoyingly hear from you all in the WhatsApp group as the afternoon and the evening goes on. Right, thanks ever so much for watching and listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football up the villa. Podcast Network.